I'm not a loser, but sometimes I do loser things. In the event that this fails, they'll never be able to come to me and say, hey, remember that podcast you did that didn't go so well? No, that was our podcast. We did that. Yes, welcome to episode 15 of the In My Own Words podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Sunday, everybody. Look, I hear a lot that people listen to this podcast on a Sunday morning. And it feels like they're having a cup of coffee with me. Well, guess what? It's Sunday morning. I'm having a cup of coffee. If you're listening to this, you're probably having a cup of coffee. So we are literally having a cup of coffee together on a Sunday morning. That's right. You heard that right. I'm recording this on a Sunday morning. Crazy, crazy day yesterday. I want to see, once again, rest in peace, Justin Anderson, my cousin Scatter. Uh, condolences to the family. Um... And I appreciate and love you guys. Uh, we had the funeral yesterday and then left there into a birthday party and left there. And just it was just a really crazy day. But overall, I can honestly say that it was a good day. It's always good to be around family. It's always good to soak up the energy, you know, in the room when it's positive vibes in the room. And you can just talk and have great conversation. And going back to our podcast last week, even a great conversation with the right people at the right time, could be a healthy form of escapism, right? Or it could be a healthy form of just dealing with your issues. And so, man, shout out to people in my life that can come through with the good energy, bringing the right conversations, and not being the ultra, ultra messy. I want to warn you guys up front that the way my house is currently set up this early on a Sunday morning, there's not really a quiet room. And what I mean by that is normally... When I record the podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'm in a room that is going to be quiet until I say so. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everyone knows that I'm in that room. Dad's in that room and you don't go in that room unless you like the house is on fire. So that's not the situation that we have today. I am in an open room where I don't think anybody knows that I'm here. So if someone wakes up and they walks through, you'll probably hear him on the podcast. I just want to apologize in advance especially if it's my oldest daughter. We call her Slides, and uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of losing my voice, by the way. We call her Slides, and uh, I just upped the insurance on the house because of the way she walks on the carpet. Between her house shoes and the carpet and her sliding her feet around, I think she's going to start a carpet fire in no time. So if you hear Slides coming through, it's probably going to sound like this. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to apologize for the interference. It's not the microphones. It's not the computers. It's not the editing. It's just slides. And I may even have her come on the mic and say, what's up? Uh, uh, so I wanted to get that out of the way. You know, we got a lot to get to today. Spending this weekend with family, specifically with my kids, I realized I'm the dad in the, the phase of parenting where when my kid plays a song. I want to show them the like older original version of the song. So apparently Ariana Grande has a song that... Uh, and, and by the way, let me back up a little bit. It's so interesting to see how kids discover new music today. Like when I was a kid, you discovered new music by listening to the radio. Here was Hot 96.3. You would listen to uh, DJ JF the Legend on the Mickey Ficky Mix at 6 o'clock. And you're like, yo, I remember uh, Forgot About Dre premiered here in Indy on the 6 o'clock Mickey Ficky Mix. And I recorded it on a cassette tape. This is how this is how long ago this was. I hit play and record on the set tape, and that song came on in the mix, and I was like, "Oh snap!" 
web. So I went to school the next day. I was the coolest kid in lunch because I recorded DJ JF's Mickey Vicky Mix. So shout out to JF the legend, man. I don't know where he is now or what he's doing. I don't even listen to the radio, so I don't even know if 96.3 is a thing here in Indianapolis anymore. But whatever the local radio station is, shout out to you guys. But I'm riding in the car with my kids, and they keep singing this uh, Ariana Grande song. And I'm like, yo, y'all know who Mariah Carey is? And they're like, no, that's Ariana Grande. And I'm like, no, it's not. Now, I still haven't heard the full version of the Ariana Grande song because the way they uh, consume music now, the way they discover new music is through Musical.ly's. People do these dubbed over videos of these sound bites and they'll sing the sound bite and not know where the original sound is from. So I'm thinking they're singing Mariah Carey. They say they're singing Ariana Grande. And so you're like, you know what? Listen to this. Oh, no. Can we listen to No, you're going to listen to Emotions by Mariah Carey right now. <laughs> so we started listening to that song and it spawned a debate between me and my wife, a small debate about whether or not Mariah Carey actually hit those notes or not. Now. For the record, she did not. If you hear those record, if you hear that record, matter of fact, let me see if I can pull it up while I'm talking about it. If you hear that song, and for me, um, doing music, doing a podcast, just really being into audio, I can hear when somebody's voice is being altered. And I could tell you that Mariah Carey's voice was altered. That doesn't mean that, like, I don't think that she didn't sing it. I think she did sing it. I just don't think she sung it the way that we heard it. I think that they had a lot of help, a lot of uh, computer help in that song, especially those specific notes. And that's how she was able to make her voice essentially sound like a whistle. Let me see if I can get it up. This is a classic song, by the way. Shout out to Mariah Carey. Because this song is... 100% classic So I don't want to take away from that I'm just saying that When she sounds like she's whistling It's because she's whistling <laughs> It's because computer effects Will make you sound like that Mariah Carey was T-Pain before T-Pain was T-Pain Is what I'm saying You hear that? Listen Classic. She laughed like, <laughs> y'all gonna believe I did that in real life. All I'm saying is, we definitely went back and forth. We listened to that song like four or five times yesterday, just for Michelle to determine that I was still wrong. So, um, but I'm definitely at the age where the gap between me and my kids and how we hear things and what we hear and what we like is widening. I've been the cool dad for so long where I could just connect with my kids, especially you know, having a 12, almost 13 year old, I'm 31. We're not that far apart. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, I get where I get what you're doing. I understand where you're coming from. But I always knew that the moment was going to come where my kids would start to tell me that I'm not cool, which has been happening a lot lately. I just didn't realize the things that they were going to say I was uncool about. They may say I'm uncool because, you know, oh, I don't like the type of music you listen to. Well, that didn't happen. They love to listen to Lauryn Hill. They love to listen to those old R&B songs and those love songs that, you know, I may play around the house. They love to listen to uh, Ye and Jay on an occasion. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that. I thought that they would say, oh, Dad, I hate the way you dress. Haven't gotten that one yet. I do have one pair of jeans in particular. <laughs> when I wear them, my daughter just says, huh, oh, 
Daddy's got his young person's jeans on. <laughs> and I honestly haven't worn them since. Listen, when I would go to work with these jeans on, they would say I have my Saved by the Bell, A.C. Slater, Zach Morris jeans on, which I was okay with that. I'm a, I'm a Saved by the Bell fan. I watched that show going up. Uh, even back in the day where it was uh, with Miss Bliss and they were in Indiana. Shout out to that um, 90s TV reference plug. I watched that show. So, you know, whatever you want to call me, A.C. Slater, you want to call me Zach Morris. On a certain level, I looked up to them. But when my daughter, every time I pulls them out, she face to palm says, Daddy's got his young person's pants on. And eh, maybe I don't want to wear those pants. I don't want to look like the old dude trying to be cool. I don't want to do that. But outside of that, you know, she likes my wardrobe. She likes my style. She likes my fashion sense. So it hasn't been that. This is what she got me with the other day. I'm on my phone that I pay the bill for, and I'm texting one of my friends. And she says, ew, what you doing about? She said, why do you have someone's first name and last name in your phone? She hit me with the, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I was like, what's wrong with that? Like, that's that's the first name, like Tony Sanders. She's like, yeah, but you wouldn't know it if you just saw the first name. I'm like, yeah, I probably would. I don't know a whole lot of people with that name. You know what I mean? There's only so many uh, Geraldos in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? I only know one Carlton. So, yeah, you, you're probably right. I don't need the first and the last name in there. So I asked her, how do you save contacts in your phone? And she showed me, and it was just like, a name and an emoji and the emoji was the identifier it wasn't the last name it was like james emoji okay let me i just pulled that out she doesn't have a person named james with any type of emojis in her phone because if she did she would no longer have a phone but it's like sierra and then heart purple heart smiley face i'm like oh okay i get it so i went to michelle's name and I changed it to Michelle Ring Heart Heart Fire Fire Heart 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 something like that, right? And she clouded me for that. She's like, "Oh my gosh, Daddy, you didn't have to do it for her. You see her every day." I'm like, "You know what? Forget you, young kids, and your young kid rules. <laughs> I'm just not gonna worry about it. I'm gonna keep being the old man that I am to you, and I'm not gonna worry about all the young people rules because I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it." And so over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be eliminating last names from my phone. So if you text me and you get the who this text, that's because I don't know what John it is. I don't know if it's my uncle John, the John I work with, the John I used to work with, or the John I just gave my number to at the grocery store. I don't know. And I couldn't find an emoji. Like there's certain things like what, what emoji am I going to put in there for my grandma? I don't know. She likes to sew. Um, is there a sewing kit emoji? I don't know. It's just too, it's just too confusing. I'm just going to put grandma and her last name because that's my identifier. That's my generation. <laughs> Another thing that's happening right now on Twitter right now trending is the headline. I'm going to say this right uh, because I think it's important to get people's name right, period. But I think it's more important when you're slandering people to make sure the slander is headed in the right direction. Uh, Jussie Smollett hoax The hashtag Jussie Smollett hoax Is trending right now The short version is this Jussie Smollett A.K.A. the guy from Empire That I didn't know A.K.A. Gaypock Is out here lying about hate crimes Hey no oh He's out here God. lying about hate wow. crimes I don't know what I hit it first Wow 
Yeah, so he said that he had this fantastical story about him being in Chicago and he was just minding his business, going to get Subway at 2 a.m., first red flag, uh, because nobody should be eating Subway at 2 a.m. Really, nobody should be eating Subway ever, but definitely not at 2 a.m. And then he got uh, attacked with all the keywords. Like, in this 2009 age, we all know what keywords are. We all know what search engine optimization is. If you wanted to rally someone up online and you wanted to uh, make sure that whatever content piece you were creating, you wanted to make sure that you got people riled up by it, the keywords that you would need to include in that in 2019 or 2018 would be gay, homophobia, homophobic, LGBTQ, racism news maga like that is the holy grail of hate keywords that is going to get a lot of people riled up and for some reason jesse thought that that was cool to do that he thought that it was cool to get the world riled up about something that allegedly didn't happen the way that he said it did now i wanted to talk about this on the podcast when it initially happened but I will be upfront and honest with you guys. I didn't feel right about the story. I felt like he was lying, but I couldn't prove that he was lying. And so it's a very big accusation to come on a platform and say that someone that's been um, convicted or someone that has been a victim of a hate crime is lying about it, right? Especially given the history of african-americans in this country if someone says that they've been a victim of a hate crime you just tend to believe them you know what i mean and everybody else becomes guilty until proven innocent that's typically the way that it goes because it's not far-fetched to think even in 2019 that a black person or a gay person or a person of color or a woman could be some type of victim of some type of uh hate crime so I was already trying in my mind to shoot Jesse some bail, but I know for me, if someone was trying to uh, do what is we could call a modern day lynching and they were putting a noose around my neck, there's no way 30, 45 minutes, an hour and a half later, I'm going to show up anywhere with a noose still around my neck. I may still have the noose with me, but ain't no way it's still going to be around my neck. Um, there are just a lot of holes in the story that always seem weird to me, but I wanted to be responsible on this platform because that is a very big accusation. And I'll say even in the other direction, I was having this conversation with some of my cousins this week. It's such a big accusation to say that somebody is racist to me. Like that's one of the worst things that you could ever say about someone like, Oh, that person is a racist. That person hates brown people black people whatever right that's a such a big accusation that before i would say anything like that i would want to make sure that i had it right you know what i mean like and, and i think that there's a difference between being racially insensitive and racist we were talking about um all these resurgences of stories of blackface right with the gucci and we talked about all that last week and um they were saying that, you know, going back in history, like, oh, well, Ted Danson did it here and the movie Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. played a black person and blah, 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 blah. 
and I think that it's a, it was one that Jimmy Kimmel did Shaq or Karl Malone or something. I think it's different when you are on set playing a character. I still think it's racially insensitive, but I'm not going to call Robert Downey Jr. racist for playing a black dude in a film. It, I, I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if some people were, um, it made them feel uncomfortable, right? They felt the way about it. I get that. I didn't feel a way about it. I thought it was hilarious in that particular one case, right? Because I, I felt like it was all tongue in cheek. It was something that he was doing for a role. It was a movie inside of a movie. And so they hit it very well. And they did it in a way where it wasn't just like, oh, he's just he's just making fun of black people, negative stereotypes of black people. It wasn't that. It was done in a different way artistically that made me go, oh, this is kind of interesting the way that they did it, that inside of the movie, there's a white dude playing a black dude. You know what I mean? And so it was more uh, comedic than anything else. But just if this is true, and the word is right now that the two guys that are seen in the video uh, worked with Jesse on The Empire Show, which I've never seen, by the way. I don't want to see. I've never seen. And this was all staged. This was all staged because Jesse is trying to uh, launch his music career and he was about to be written out of Empire. And so he wanted to create some buzz around his name in order to uh, keep him in the show. So in other words, he wanted to play, play the empathy cards that people would have empathy and sympathy for him and say, oh, my God, you can't cancel him from the show now. He's been through so much. Just let him stay another season. Or I uh, think back to Taraji's post when she's talking about this great injustice and how we need to do something as a people, and she's rallying the troop and the troops. And in the end, she says, and go stream his song a million times. Like, that's just nasty. If somebody tied a noose around my neck, beat the crap out of me, poured bleach on me, wearing red MAGA hats and said the things that he says that they said. And forget this podcast. I'm not thinking about y'all. Hey, if you're going to post support for me, don't post it and say, and please support this podcast. No, pray for me. Help me find the people who did this. Release the footages. That's what I want you to put. That should be the hashtag for me. Release the footages with an S. All the footages. I want three, I want matrix level degrees of footage if that ever happens to me. I want 360 Neo in the air, jumping half jump, frozen, circle around me. I want everybody involved to come to justice. That's what I want if that ever happens to me. Forget this podcast. I mean, I'd ever do this podcast again if something like that happens to me. So, I don't know. I felt like it's weird. I feel like it deserves a while. So, I'm going to give it a while. Oh, my Another WOW award, again, WOW is when people use whackness over wisdom, when they know better, but they just did not do better. And this person could receive a lifetime achievement for the WOW award because he's been doing things his whole life that goes against wisdom and is definitely whack, and that is William H. Cosby. Now, again, I stand firm in separating Dr. Huxtable and Bill. I feel like those are two totally different people. Matter of fact, I know who Dr. Huxtable is. I'm not even sure I know who Bill Cosby is. Bill Cosby reportedly is enjoying prison. I didn't say that. The report says Bill Cosby is enjoying prison. 
This is when I don't understand it. Wow. I don't understand why his people are putting this information out. It's like, Bill, you've already broke our hearts for so many different reasons because for so many different years, you were America's dad and simultaneously America's most wanted rapist at the same time. And then we find that out and you won't just let us grieve as a family for the loss of Bill Cosby. Like that meant a lot to uh, a lot of people. There's a lot of people that went to HBCUs because they watched it on the Cosby show and they watched a different world. There's a lot of people right now that went on to be doctors and to be lawyers because they seen what you did, right? A part of my inspiration for doing comedy and me even thinking that I know how comedy works is because of this guy. And now you just won't shut up. You're in jail. You, you literally went from a palace to a pit, right? You went from the penthouse to the jailhouse. There's no way you're enjoying your time in jail. I know they let you, you know, be in a cell alone. The cell is kind of nice in comparison to sales as far as sales goes. Not as nice as your house in Philly, but it's nice as far as sales go. It's not bad for jail. But don't tell us you're doing great. Bill, we don't want to hear that you're doing great right now, bro. You, you hurt a lot of people, those that you raped and those that you didn't. Like, you hurt a lot of people. So just shut up, take this wild ward, and let's not hear from you again, ever. Oh, my God! Wow! All right, let's get into our deep dive. This is what I want to talk to you guys about today. And this has been circling around the internet for the last couple of days, and I could not wait to address it. And people always ask me, how do you determine what you're going to talk about? It's normally something that I feel really strongly about that week or I have felt strongly about in general. And even if other outlets are covering it, I want to give it to you in my own words, because normally when I'm listening to shows, when I'm listening to CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, when I'm listening to The Breakfast Club or the Joe Button podcast or Joe Rogan or whoever I listen to, the way that I consume content, I'm normally listening to them yelling at them because there's something big or glaring that they're missing. Or we just have such a complete difference in the way that we think about this and the, the opinions that we have that it makes me just want to yell. And so I'm like, now I have a podcast, I can actually get my side off. I can actually join the conversation and say, you know, here's what I think about this and I can give it to you in my own words, hence the name of the podcast. This week, though, I want to talk to you about confirmation bias. And it's so interesting that I'm talking to you about confirmation bias, because this morning when I woke up, uh, I got one of those Facebook memories. And it was a memory from a year ago today. And I'm going to read it for you because it was talking about the same subject that we're going to talk about today, which is confirmation bias. Um, different, different contexts but still confirmation bias. Uh, February 17, 2018 at 7.41 a.m., I wrote, stop debating, uh, stop debating people about gun laws on the internet. Everyone is looking for confirmation and not information. People are only looking for other people who will validate what they are already thinking, feeling, or believe, and that's trash. Uh, the best conversations normally end with people saying, oh, I never thought about it that way. Now, that's what I want to talk to you guys about 
is confirmation bias. Now, before we get into this, I should say that ever since high school, I've loved psychology. I still study psychology to this day. And when I went to school, I was a psychology major. That was my major in college. I said all that to say, um, I said all that so you wouldn't say that I'm just being an armchair psychologist, but that's exactly what I'm about to do. <laughs> I said all that for you to be like, oh man, you know, I don't want, I don't want him to think that I think he's an armchair psychologist. I am. It's exactly what I am. Uh, and that's what I'm about to do with this situation. I have run into a lot of situations recently, especially on the internet, where people are what I call a hammer looking for a nail. In other words, they've already determined what they are, how they think, how they feel, how they believe. And they only go out looking for information that's going to validate them. Right. And there's a bigger play here that we don't have time to dive into. But there's a bigger play in that your phone knows what you like as well and is likely to serve you information based on what you like. In other words, if you are pro gun laws and you search something about gun laws, it's going to bring up everything pro because it wants you to like what you see so that you engage in what you see so that the. Uh, powers that be continue to generate revenue off your eyes same thing if you're anti-gun laws we could sit right next to each other use the same search engine search different things or search the same thing same subject matter and pull back different results based on what we like and what our phone has captured that we like and a lot of times on the internet i see people and let me let me remove the internet for a second a lot of times in general I see this happening. A good example would be this. If you already think someone you have a relationship treats you like a little kid or treats you like a dog and they say, hey, I have a treat for you, that could be triggering. That could be triggering because in your mind, they confirm your initial thought. Your initial thought was they treat me like a dog. They see me as a dog. They treat me like a kid. When they say I have a treat for you, normally treats are for little kids or dogs. Right. And so now your second thought just confirms your first thought. The problem is we don't know if your first thought was true. It wasn't founded in truth. It's founded in the story that you're telling yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not true, but that doesn't mean that it is. It's founded in the story that you're telling yourself. And the situation where this came up this week was with Steve Harvey. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but anytime Steve Harvey does anything, he receives a lot of hate. He messed up on the Miss Universe contest. He received a lot of hate, probably deservingly so. He accepted the hate, right? It was his fault, even though we later, later found out it wasn't his fault. Someone told him in his ear, and it was on the prompter. They had it wrong there. He just read what was said. Um, so we found out it wasn't, it wasn't his fault, but he accepted it, right? And that's cool. Um, whatever he wears for the New Year's Eve ball drop, uh, show that he does he gets hate from that every now and then some hate will bubble up from something that he does on his show or something that he's doing online or his daughters or whatever right a lot of people for whatever reason hate steve harvey and so anytime a situation comes up with steve harvey they find a reason to hate and this week people are calling him a sellout and they're calling him uh, a slave and he has a slave mentality because of a conversation that he had with the problematic Monique and yes I'm calling her problematic because I believe she's problematic and the reason I believe she's problematic is because she can't be diplomatic but I'm gonna leave that 
for a few minutes down the road when we get there. Monique went on the Steve Harvey show to discuss their relationship and the way she feels like Steve did not support her when she was calling for the boycott of Netflix, when she was calling for the heads of Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, and the likes. They discussed this, and out of this discussion, somehow people were throwing Steve under the bus. I have some clips for you. Let's play the first one. Each one of you said to me, Monique, you're not wrong. And when I heard you go on the air and you said, my sister and burnt too many bridges, and there's nothing I can do for her now. Steve, do you know how hurt I was? Well, Simone, now let me give you this. Because you and I had this conversation, mm -hmm. I thought you went about it wrong. Mm -hmm. See, I felt that you had done yourself a disservice mm -hmm. by the way you chose to go about it. Tell me how I went about I, it. I was cool with you, with your, with your deal with uh, Netflix. Mm -hmm. I was cool with you. The two problems that we had, Mm -hmm. Number one, the boycott of Netflix. Yes. We never gave people a point of action. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we go... Let me just pause that. I was never boycotting Netflix on behalf of Monique. Now, if she could have proven that there was real injustice going on, um, I would have been down for the cause. Like, whatever is going to help the betterment of people. I think that when you are an oppressed person, you have an, oblig uh, an obligation to support other suppressed people, whether that be... Even if they're not suppressed in the same way as you, Right. I'm so much for women's rights because I know how it feels to be a minority in a situation and not get awarded the same opportunities, the same looks, the same pay because of um, your something that you can't control, <clears throat> right? I couldn't control my skin color. You can't control, I guess you can control your gender, but you can't control what you were born as, right? And so I'm not down for somebody hating on you presenting you with less opportunities, less money because you're a woman, because as an oppressed person, I know how that oppression feels. I therefore have empathy. I therefore feel obligated to contribute to the cause in some way. It may not be in the same way that you're going to contribute to the cause, but I do feel obligated to contribute to the cause. But uh, so under those pretenses, I would have boycotted Netflix, but not under the pretenses that she gave. Number one. Number two, what I love about what Steve is saying right now is that he's saying, look, I'm with you. I'm not saying that you what you what you want is wrong or what you're what you're saying is wrong. I'm saying you're going about it the wrong way. And that is so big. Because a lot of life and a lot of relationships and interactions you have with people, it's not always about what you do, but about how you do it. A super simple example that we all could relate to. If I came up to you and said, yo, give me your jacket, you're probably not going to want to give me your jacket unless you're really afraid of me and I look really threatening, right? But you're not going to gladly, willingly give me your jacket, right? Now, if I came to you and said, hey, do you mind if I borrow your jacket? I need to run outside. I don't have mine, whatever the case may be. And I was more diplomatic about it you would be more willing to give me the jacket. I've gave you more context. I was nicer about it. I uh, did it in a non-confrontational way, and we were able to come to some type of common agreement. I think that that's what Steve is saying. In fact, I know that's what he was saying because I saw him when he said it. I just heard him say it just like you heard him say it. But again, I don't have this bias against Steve that I already think that he is a sellout 
and I already think that he is. I saw a lot of people saying that he was a Uncle Tom and under the white man's thumb and all these kind of crazy things, right? And this is the clip, I believe, I have it pulled up, that really set everybody off. This is the only issue I have with it, baby. When all of y'all said privately to include Oprah, all of y'all said privately, we, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. We can't come out here and do it any kind of way we want to. Let me, Listen oh, to me. Your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me tell you They're something. Not, that flexing, Let me we got to flex something. a different way. We Let out me... here in a game. This the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this the money, the money game. game. But I, I'm we in the money something. game. And We're you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot... Let me pause it right there. Um... The part that triggered people was Steve saying, we black out here, we got to go about it a different way. Now, I understand, as a black person, how you could hear that and be upset. Completely understand. In fact, it stung me when he said it. Here's the difference, though. I know where to direct my anger. You know what I'm saying? What Steve said is, we are black out here. We can't move the same way as everybody else. We have to go about it different. Man, if that ain't the truth. Let's call it what it is. If I get pulled over by the police versus one of my non-black friends, the treatment is potentially different. I've never in my life asked the cop for a badge number. <laughs> I don't even ask for the manager at the store when I have a problem. When you're already perceived as a problem walking in before you've done anything, before you've opened your mouth, before they get to know you, before you've said anything, before you've done any type of business dealings with this, this entity, when you know that you can be perceived as a problem, the last thing you want to do is cause a problem. Now, does that mean that you are folding, that you're selling out, that you're Uncle Tom, that you're under the white man's thumb? No, not to me. Not to me. What it means to me is when I walked into this establishment, I had something that I was trying to achieve. Right? Monique wanted a certain dollar amount from Netflix. Monique wanted these movies with Tyler Perry and Oprah and Lee Daniels. Monique had things that she wanted. She has things outside of those relationships that she's trying to achieve. With that in mind, what's wrong with deploying a little diplomacy to get what you want? Let's say that those people did treat you wrong. The next move for you to repair it or for you to continue to uh, do the work the way that you want to is for you to go on stage and say some of the things that you said about them or to go on this online rampage, tearing people down. This is the problem with Monique. The narrative was, whether it was true or not, the narrative was she was problematic. The last thing you want to do when the narrative is that you're problematic is to go online and on TV and appear to be problematic. That's where she's messing up, and she's still doing it now which is why I called her the problematic Monique. I don't believe that she's actually problematic. I don't think she's a harm to anybody but herself. But 
again, if I'm walking into an establishment and I'm going there to get something, I'm not being made to go there. I'm not being called to go there. I'm going there because I have something that I'm trying to achieve for me and my family. I'm going to go there, get something and bring it back to the crib. I know that when I go in there, if the narrative about me is that I'm dangerous, the last thing I want to do is to appear dangerous. Because once I appear dangerous, that stops me from getting what I came here to get. It has nothing to do with the quote unquote white man or the big man in charge or being under anybody's thumb. I came here to achieve something and I'm not leaving until I do it. Let me be really, really clear. It's tax time. Right? I have W-2s and 1099s. What I mean by that is I played the employer and the employee in 2018. I sent out W-2s and received the W-2. I have contract work that I did where I have a 1099 with my company name on it. And, and then there's multiple of them. When I do my taxes, I'm not just doing a W-2 to see what a return I'm going to get. I'm doing my 1099 to see how much I owe. So I get having to be diplomatic and having to work within the system and with the rules that you are deciding to play in in order to try to build something bigger for yourself. And I feel like that's what Steve is telling Monique to do. You already know the game that we're in. And he said that this isn't the white man's game. This isn't the black man game. I agree. It's the money game. I've been in rooms that I wouldn't normally be in and the only reason why I'm in there is because the financial gain that I could bring to this establishment, whether it be whether it be through contract work, whether it be through them partnering with my business or whether it be through them hiring me. I understand my value in this room. And it's not a black value. It's not a white value. It's a money value. They know that by this partnership, that's going to bring X amount of money to our business are going to save us X amount of money. And that's why we want to do business with you. And that's what Steve is communicating to Monique. Yes, it would be better to be independent. It would be better to not need any of those relationships. But since you do need relationships, and since this narrative is already out there, even though you're right, you're wrong. There's a difference between being right and dead right. My grandfather taught me that. He said, if you're standing on a sidewalk and there's a car coming and you have the right of way, and that car doesn't look like it's going to stop, Go ahead and walk across the street because you're right, but you're going to be dead right. Because when that car plows over you, no one's going to say, well, at least he was right. They're going to say, no, he didn't see the car coming. That's what Steve is saying to Monique. Understand the game that you're in. This is the money game. If this narrative is already out here about you that you're difficult, the last thing you need to do is present yourself as difficult. Be more diplomatic about your approach. You're right. Don't be dead right. Don't kill yourself in the process. Let me tell you what the game is before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But Mo, and wait a minute. If wait I minute. crumble, if you my crumble, children crumble, my grandchildren crumble. I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. We got that's all I'm saying. There are ways to win the war in a different way. He wasn't saying that he doesn't stand with her. He wasn't saying that she was wrong. He wasn't saying that she, uh, you know, she shouldn't be speaking out. 
He's saying you you could do it a different way. You can be right, but you don't have to be dead right. And so all of these people killing Steve Harvey online, I still don't get it. <laughs> I don't. You can't get mad at someone for saying the truth when it's a hard truth. It does. It is a hard truth. It is a hard pill to swallow to know that I was born into a situation where I automatically started behind the, the start line. And you can see that there's a big difference between me and someone who doesn't look like me and our chances just in the world. And it is what it is, but it does suck. And it does suck that in order to make a living um, in a corporate environment that you may have to uh, act, act, you may have to acquiesce to some things that, not, uh, that are not of your culture. That's not right. That's not cool. But when you signed your name to accept that, that offer letter, you agreed to play by those rules. And that's the part that I think that we're missing. There's two games that you can play. It's a W-2 game or the 1099 game. You can be an employee or you could be an independent. But once you sign up for one game, until you get yourself established in the other game, you have to follow the rules of that game. If you want to continue to get what you get, you're getting out of the game. Now, if Monique is saying, screw all of y'all, I'm going over here to this, this independent route. I'm going to create my own content. I'm going to start my YouTube page. I'm going to go on tour and shoot my own special and sell it to Netflix or sell it to HBO or put it up on Facebook and sell it that way or whatever. Sis, I'm all with you. What can I do to help? Can I edit something? You need a logo. Like, what can I do to help? You know what I mean? That's the energy that I'm on. But you can't want the W-2 check and the W-2 comfort and then try to have a 1099 argument. You just can't do both. And I wish that the people could put aside their biases to look at this situation logically and just say, okay, I don't like Steve's truth. I don't like the, the truth that Steve's telling, but it is the truth of the system that they're operating in. It is the money game. The relationships are important. And if you're going to kiss that money game goodbye and go play this independent game, then, then go do that. But don't try to stick your toe into both and not play, play by the rules of either. Just doesn't work like that. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope that you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you uh, have a great week. I hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. I didn't, I didn't even mention Valentine's Day. hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. I will see you next Sunday. Until that time, be safe. Love you guys. Peace. You recorded something on a cassette tape from the radio? How old are you? That's something I remember doing as a kid. I thought that would have gone by the wayside by the time you were a kid.